Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, ready to go. Friday edition is here, live from 6th and Peabody, downtown Nashville, Tennessee, Music City. Ready to get you ready for a great football weekend. Yeehaw beer, old smoky moonshine on tap here at the facility at 6th and Peabody. Some great games on tap and a solid show as well. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad everyone is with us. Gentlemen, Chad, here we go. Get ready for Athens. Paul, Monday Night Football, long weekend ahead. Hutton, you mentioned that everything's on tap here with the Yeehaw beer, with all the moonshine that we can look out and glance right outside of our studio and see this beautiful collage of colors, a kaleidoscope of moonshine colors. And we're here on a Friday, and the weekend is on tap. So it begs the question, at what point... Well, we have actual drinks here on a Friday as we lead into the show. I feel as David Reed's getting ready for them to bring in spare kegs in here. It's the coldest it's ever been uh, to an unreasonable degree. They're going to roll in the extra drinks that they need to keep cold. Apparently, they've run out of refrigeration space. I think the more you talk about the temperature yeah, the in here, the more Reed's probably over there just one degree down. Let's just, let's just, this guy is the biggest fan of America I know, but it's a communist state. <laughs> no, let's democracy. Let's take a vote. Who else is freezing in here right now? It's just Paul. It's just Paul. It is right. just you. But they're just going to go along with whatever you do to make it out no, like I'm, I'm just I'm I, I, Well, here's if the thing. If it was three uh, degrees warmer, they'd have no problem with it either. All right, time you out. Should, you, Whenever Paul's not here during the month of August, have I ever complained no. about it being too cold? No. Have I? They're not complaining about it, but if it was three degrees warmer, they'd be fine. Rita, have I complained? No, never. So but if I it also was three coffee. degrees warmer, they also wouldn't complain. So you're, 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 oh, you're, was, you're if, requesting three more degrees. Is that what you want? Or two degrees, one degree, anything. Okay, I'll if give it, you one degree. If it was hot in here, if you I would never be complain complaining again. quickly. No, Paul never complains. But it's a again. long way from hot. Paul will always complain. Keep that in mind. I drink coffee, too. You should probably pick up Testosterone. coffee. Testosterone. I don't want to pick up coffee. You should pick up coffee. I just want to be Something in you, human environments. Warm. <laughs> you, you, you can also wear the jacket that's on the chair behind you. I'd, I'd prefer not to wear the same thing every day. Like uh, Buy more jackets. Who, who was it? <laughs> Buy a different jacket every day. Five days. We should have a coat rack of Paul's pullovers right behind yeah, him. So every day you can pick something behind. out so you're not wearing yeah. the same thing every day. He's our, he's our Fred I, Rogers over I, here. I, I, Chad's fine with his nipples showing. He's very comfortable with it. That's not my They're great look. nipples. I mean, what can I say? If you got, if you got <laughs> great nipples, you should show them. Great nipples. Now, Jacob one of them Swanson, are who always has a jacket, always comes in with a jacket. It could be 100 degrees no outside. He's, got a jacket. he's not even wearing his jacket, and it's right behind him today. He's I don't fine. know what the temperature is over there. Uh, there's something behind me. It's, there's nothing behind you. There's a wind. The mighty wind. It's like uh, Lambo. You know what could warm you up, Paul? 
Going back to what I initially said, moonshine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean that's what this is. A, it's a Friday Family's show. Away. At some point, we have got to instill some. We are the puppy doesn't mind if still, I'm drunk. There is a moonshine still fifty feet from us right now, where they are churning out moonshine. Jacob, let's take the cameras. We just we'll, we'll go go to the moonshine. Now let's not let's not move away from Chad's nipples too quickly here because <laughs> because I know Hunt never does. <laughs> I don't want to. He never right will. There. Trust he me, I never will. He'll be closer by the end of the show to these nipples <laughs> because it has been two weeks since Chad promised. A shirtless photo of himself oh, to compare right. to Mac yeah, Jones. True. And he oh. said he needed a couple of weeks, yeah. and he's been given still, a couple of weeks. I need, yeah. more, I need more time. No, no. That's not how this works. Have you made I, any I progress? Still, I still need I haven't tried to make any progress, but I, I still need more time. You ask for two time. weeks, and you don't do anything with the two I weeks. I'm familiar with that. Standard. I'm angry that David Reed remembered the two-week thing because I, oh, I said the two like weeks, and then I didn't really do anything to make my body look better than Mac Jones over those two weeks. So Neither did Mac Jones. I set a calendar, right actually. Yeah. It's got a reminder. Did you really set a reminder? Today's yeah. the day. It's so <laughs> day. <laughs> He'll do that on this show, not on tailgate. Keep that I want to, and also want to. Yeah, that's our proprietary. Yes. Uh, there can content. be a witness to this photo, but I want it to be done in a favorable light. Yeah, in like a favorable the stand way. when the when he's yeah, posing. like me just taking my shirt off, you know, in front of a camera right now. I need it to be more produced, tasteful. Not not like Photoshop, but I need it to be more produced. I well, need who, someone uh, to help uh, me uh, with. Go it. ahead, we'll accept. I need the you right can, posture. You can give us three names, and we'll choose one of the names. I I mean, I need That's like fair, right? I, I need like Ansel Adams, you know, no, to help put, produce this. So. Might be dead. I mean, uh, Jacob Swanson's got some photography <laughs> in his past. Maybe he can help me with it. Like, and maybe like, the kind you're looking it's for. Getting actually. homoerotic. Put your chin out a little bit further this, this way. That'll help. Jacob, would you accept if if chosen for this job? Would you accept? He absolutely would. Yeah, absolutely. He didn't. Yeah, Jacob Swanson. Always say yes is his policy. Jacob Swanson, Jonathan Moulton, making the show happen for us. David Reed, the chairman of the board. Uh, Friday is here. We're going to have a lot to to preview. Georgia and Kentucky, we're headed there for Outkick the Tailgate tomorrow morning, live across the Outkick Network at 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern. Uh, Looking forward to a big show to get you ready for college football. We do that today as well. Bobby Carpenter will join us. That's coming up later this afternoon at 3.20. Looking forward to chatting with Outkick's college football contributor, former Cowboy, former Ohio State Buckeye. Uh, and current college football analyst. That is straight ahead. Later in today's show, we will talk with VolQuest.com's Brent Hubs and Austin Price to get you ready for Tennessee Ole Miss. Plus, we dive into the Titans and the Bills on Monday Night Football. All of the games coming up uh, across the NFL slate for Week 6, which started last night. Brady and the Bucks. yeah, uh, so much for him waking up sore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they throws two touchdown passes. Leonard Fournette has two touchdown runs. The Eagles tried to get something going late. It wasn't happening. Um, yeah, the Bucks made it look easy. They put up a little bit more of a scoreboard fight than I anticipated, yeah, but never felt like it. was 28-7, yeah. to seven and they seven. Started, started doing something. I mean, the, the, uh, the, the I mean, complete over 80% of his passes in the game. It, it was incredible. And I kept thinking about what Armando Salguero told us yesterday, Hutton, when you asked the question, because it's an intriguing one. You know, on Thursday, in a short week, is that when you feel 44 years old? Clearly, that didn't happen. But Armando brought up a good point. You know, it's more about the mind in the short week. You don't have the full week for the install and all the wrinkles and everything else. So it's more about cramming things in mentally before the game and then going out and executing in game. And that's going to always favor someone like Tom Brady, 
in a game like that. So I, I couldn't help as I'm watching that game but think about what Armando told us, and, and it proved to be true. Those Philadelphia complaints about the off coverage are entirely fair. I mean, there are times I looked up, and the safeties just – they play deep center field. It's like uh, – it's as if their their whatever field they're playing on is different, like a baseball field, you know, and they got to play deeper because there's more space in the outfield. They play way deep. It's like Greg Williams when he used to have uh, Jabril Peppers like uh, play, playing prevent on on regular third downs. I don't really understand the philosophy there. How about the new the new line of thinking, uh, the new era of the NFL? It's twenty eight twenty. And Nick Sirianni, with five minutes and 54 seconds left, goes for two to make it a six-point game instead of a seven. They get it. They convert. It's a great pass from Jalen Hurts. Uh, but instead of kicking the extra point and being down seven, kicking back to Brady and trying to get a stop and then go tie, Sirianni holds up the two. He goes for two, gets it. They, they lose by six, ultimately, because Brady put together a drive that was able to run out the clock. They got to the two-minute warning Took a knee inside the red zone, 28-22 the final. By the way, Bucks were favored by five and a half. Are we maybe at one-third of NFL coaches seven? that would do that now? I don't know. Scoring the touchdown that could close it to seven, but trying to make it six and risking it being I don't, I don't think you. I don't think it's a hard and fast rule. I think it's based on who you're playing. If you're playing Mahomes, I think you have to do what the Chargers did this year, and that's just go for it on fourth down and not settle for field goals in the fourth quarter and giving the wall back, even but though you have a chance to But that two-point conversion to get to six is, yeah, is I mean, becoming Well, the thought, the thought process common. is if you miss it, you still need a touchdown and a two-point conversion at the end, which is far more difficult than just kicking the extra point. Or is it? <clears throat> Based on the, the fact that they've moved the kick back and all the kicker struggles that missing. have been going on. I don't, I don't pretend to know the exact mathematics of it. It's just, it's odd when you see the two-point conversion coming and you're like, okay, what's... What's the remedy if you miss? Because you're giving Brady an eight-point lead. I know it's still a one-possession game, but you need to cross the end zone twice to do it. I just don't understand, you know, going for two before you have to go for two. Because it doesn't change the outcome on the other side. Well, because if Brady, if Brady kicks a field goal, you know, if they, if they score at all, it's still a two-score game. That's right. But so it sets I, you I just up to don't win it, it with the second touchdown. So – Right, that's that's but the whole. But why not philosophy. just go win it after the second touchdown when you know that you're instead of kicking the extra point to tie, just go for the win. Similar think, to what we saw Sam Pittman do you, against Ole Miss. Because unlike because unlike that situation, um, it, you have a, a a chance to get the two point conversion twice. So if if they miss it, you still have a chance to get the ball back and go tie it. If you if you if you get the two point conversion, you get the ball back. In this case, you can go win the game. Although you're right, I mean, if Brady just drives and kicks a field goal with Ryan Suckup, it's a nine point. Yeah, game. and and look, the math is still sort of the same because yeah. you're looking at you got to get one two point conversion regardless to win the game. Right. So why not just get that two point conversion to win the game? Never minding, never minding this end of game scenario. Yeah. Just generally speaking about two-point conversions, this from Michael David Smith of Pro Football Talk earlier this week. Let's think about this math. NFL teams are successful on 92.4% of extra points and 63.9% of two-point conversions. This is before last night. In other words, your expected points from kicking are 0.9 points. 
and your expected points from going for two are 1.3 points. You're giving up 0.4 points every time you kick. Well, that's great math if you're just if you're just dividing by the the number of two point conversion attempts. There've been far more extra point attempts. So if you had the same amount of two point conversion attempts, that number probably goes down from 63.9. I don't know. Does it? I think so. I think it kind of evens out. There's still a 93% chance you're going to make the extra point. I, I mean, I, I'm not a go, go for two points every time guy, but I do like that it's loosening up. Uh, I do. I, I agree. Like if you've got a bad kicker, you're going oh, for yeah. two points more. <laughs> so that skews, skews. This. Yeah, Justin Tucker, you're, you're just going to take the point, aren't you? Yeah. Most of the time. The dude doesn't miss. Yeah, I mean, it skews what you do, the quality of your, of your kicker. Um, but it is interesting, and, and these things are shifting, and you see two-point conversions at times from teams that you never would have expected before. And there's less of a pitchfork mentality about it sometimes now. Coming up over uh, the, the first hour of today's Outkick 360, wraparound coverage of NFL Week 6. We will preview some of the biggest matchups straight ahead. Withrow's got his top games of the college football weekend, and Nick Saban doesn't want his game to be a top game of the college football weekend because on his radio program, he's saying that they're no longer elite after so this ridiculous. past week's loss to Texas A&M. Who's falling for that? We we will uh, Alabama we'll, fans. We'll discuss it. Yes, they are. They are falling. Whatever for it. he says, they are falling for it. Uh, first, though, Babbel. Babbel.com is the website to check out. If you're traveling to a destination where you don't know the language, it can be challenging to accomplish even the simplest of tasks. There's Babbel, the number one selling language learning app. Through Babbel's bite-sized lessons, you'll learn new language skills that you can actually use in the real world, from greetings, menus, directions gaining a deeper understanding for culture. Babbel is a travel essential. Speaking of bite-sized lessons, how about 15 minutes? 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. And with Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. And Paul, right now, they've got a great offer for Just you. Just go to Babbel.com and enter the code OUTKICK360 for six months for the price of three. You'll pay for what you would usually pay for three months, but you'll get six months. That's Babbel.com, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, and enter the code OUTKICK360. Babbel, language for life. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network this afternoon. Getting you to that football weekend. Alongside Chad Withrow, Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Outkick 360 live from 6th and Peabody in Nashville. NFL Week 6 underway with the Bucks down in the Eagles last night on Thursday Night Football. Bye weeks this week to the Falcons, Saints, Jets, and 49ers. Um, Jets and Falcons coming off that game against London. Paul, you were telling me, they have the option of taking the bye week after that game. They could also play in a return to the States, both choosing not to do it. But I found that interesting. I thought it was an automatic bye based on the NFLPA agreement. No, they've created it so that <clears throat> if you have that early game and you'd rather have it towards the middle of the season, you can take it. Especially now with the extra game, that I think more teams would be keen to do that. You wouldn't want, I wouldn't want an early bye this year. 
Yeah. Um, it's, it's all about what you think about your ability to recover from that, that trip. Um, and so uh, we've seen teams do it both ways. Game in London uh, this week with uh, Jacksonville and Miami. We'll preview that coming up. But the, to me, there are two marquee matchups, and you could flip a coin on which one you should watch first. Chargers-Ravens, Cardinals-Browns. And I, I started with, with the Chargers and the Ravens. And you guys tell me, true or false, if, if for some odd reason the Bills can't get going on Monday night and they lose, right? Will the winner of Sunday's game between the Chargers and the Ravens Will they have the top argument of being the AFC's top team when we return on Tuesday morning? By record? Just but just roster, just what they've done. No. I would still I would still say the Bills at this point, regardless of what happens Monday night or regardless of what happens in that game. But I mean the the winner of that Ravens Chargers game, I, I think has the claim for right there. Right in line say that's fair. With, with the top of the conference, right? That they get they get a better seat in the merry-go-round of who is the best in the, the AFC. And they're the team the Bills has to worry about, uh, have to worry about the most for the, for, number, one for the number one seed and the, the only buy. Um, I fear the Ravens in that case, and I'm way – I'm not a Ravens guy, and I am a Chargers guy. Um, but I just don't like the – as an anti-Raven, I don't like the way the Ravens are playing. Well, uh, it's hard not to give them a ton of props, though. Yeah, they deserve it. They, they were decimated at the running back position. Late, and, and too. Late, right before the season. And they, uh, Tyson Williams is, is their, their second-leading rusher behind Lamar Jackson. Uh, and it's amazing how they've pieced together the run game to be as productive and they're not even good in the run game. They're great in the run game. And everyone said, oh, th- this, is, this is something they're, they're, Lamar's going to have to pass more. And he's doing that at a high rate, but they're also running it very well it's funny. with their offense. If you think about it, I'm just, this is striking me now. Like For the Ravens, it doesn't matter who you plug in. They'll just run because of how they're built. And for the Titans, it doesn't matter who's on the offensive line. They'll just run yeah. because of Derrick Henry. They're kind of opposites. David Questenberry doesn't matter at right tackle for the Titans because of Derrick Henry. And Tyson Williams doesn't matter uh, for Baltimore because of uh, their line. And, and it's not like their line is, is supernatural either. It's more their system and uh, mindset. The, a, a variable to watch in this game, if the Chargers are going to pull the upset, they have to be there, – there is an area where they have to be anti what they've done through the first five weeks, and that's on the penalties – they lead the league in penalty yards. 397 penalty yards for the for the LA Chargers through five weeks. They can't go to Baltimore and hand over free yardage offensively or defensively in this game. And and they've been able to overcome it. They're four and one, but not. I don't. I just don't think you can do it at M&T Bank Stadium and and expect to uh, a result where you're flying back across the country with a with a win. Um, Cardinals Browns. The Browns had an emotionally draining game against the Chargers last week. But I think it actually helps them that they return home and they host a 5-0 and team. Instead of, hypothetically, they host the Colts, for instance. Uh, maybe that's a bad example because they also had a, a, a bad loss. Maybe they host the Patriots, um, a team that you're expected to win against. I, I think this atmosphere at the dog pound with the 5-0 and Arizona Cardinals visiting and the fact that the Browns, despite two losses, have been right there and can make the argument that they, they should have won both. They should be 
with the same holding the same record as the Cardinals. I think that helps him. And here is Cleveland and Arizona, who both rank in the top ten in points per game, and they're doing it in opposite ways. The the Browns run it and run it well. And we saw how Arizona stopped Derrick Henry in Week One. Can they do the same with Nick Chubb? So, Hutton, you you threw out there the the winner of Ravens Chargers. Do they have a claim if the Bills lose for the best team in the AFC? I look at this game for the Cardinals and say, if the Cardinals go on the road and win against Cleveland, they are clearly the best team in the NFL right now. And not, not just by the only unbeaten team. With who they've beaten, what they've done so far, I'm ready to say right now, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're going to beat Tampa Bay and Tom Brady when they meet in the playoffs, if that happens. But right now, Arizona's the best team in the league. They can confirm that this weekend. If I'm in the dog pound, uh, you know, I'm generally happy about the state of my team. But I am looking at it, Hutton. You mentioned this. They lost at Kansas City. No crime in that. Though, though the Chiefs are susceptible and have lost some other games. They lost at the Chargers in a hell of a game. No crime in that. But they've beaten Houston, Chicago, not very good. Minnesota, beatable. <clears throat> Here's Arizona, and I'm going to think if you lose to Arizona, you've lost to three good teams and you've beaten three bad teams, and how real are we? Yeah, so if I'm a Browns fan going to this game, I'm thinking that we're due. It's that, you know, we're 0-2 against the good ones. We've got to swing the pendulum yeah. here and beat somebody of substance. And if we don't, I'm going home depressed tonight thinking – we may not be as for real as I like to think while I'm barking and wearing my dog mask. But in their two in their two win, losses, excuse me, their two losses, they had big leads. Yeah, you know, and that that's it's also about that mentality. You get up on a good team, finish. and then yeah, closing the door. And we know they can score points. It's about finishing. That we know they can rush the passer. It's about finishing. And that, that's a great point because they, you're right. They wouldn't be able to finish against the best teams that they face. Yeah, it's, it's not good enough just to be close to the good teams on your schedule, right? That, we're Especially looking at the Browns the right AFC, now and saying – which is a big bunch of teams. Yeah, they're beating bad teams and they're losing close to the good teams, which is not good enough in the in NFL if you're going to be a really good team. Yeah, it's the, dramatic and entertaining, so we like it. But if you're a Browns fan, you're, you're it's, talking it's about also, Super Bowl. It's also good right. enough for us to say, boy, the Browns are really good. Because we see them playing against the really good teams in the league, and it's going right down to the wire. That's, but that's ultimately that's not going to be good enough because of their schedule. That's not getting you playoff positioning, and that's not winning you a very difficult division. It's not winning you a playoff game. I mean, that's the goal, right? Is to get not get to the playoffs, not just get to the playoffs, but to win playoff games. When you lose to the the good teams in the league close, that's never going to be good enough. And those are the teams you need to beat in the playoffs. Though odds are, second time around, you usually fare better if you're really good, if you're legit. I'm intrigued to watch Vegas to see how the team responds after what's been a, a crazy week uh, with, with Gruden's resignation and, and all of the questions surrounding how they rebound off of this week and, and off of their, their losses recently. Um, but just on the field, they're facing Denver, who leads the league in time of possession. When Bridgewater plays, he doesn't turn the football over. Can, they, can the Raiders' defense create some turnovers? And can they protect Carr? with what is an offensive line that's kind of makeshift right now. They are moving Alex Leatherwood, who wasn't that good at right tackle to begin with. They're moving him inside because of injury. So they're putting Leatherwood's backup, who couldn't start over Leatherwood. 
at right tackle. So something to monitor as uh, they face Denver's defense who can get after the passer. Well, listen to this. For I'm not into Denver. Denver's next six weeks. Vegas at Cleveland. Washington at Dallas. Philadelphia Chargers. Kansas City. I mean. Yeah, their division's coming up. Yeah, we're, we're going to know. I'm not a believer, but, uh, you know, they'll make me one if they can do damage against Vegas, Cleveland, Dallas, Chargers, Chiefs. Patriots return home. They're hosting the Dallas Cowboys, and Dallas has an opportunity to head into the bye week with a win. Um, can they find pressure against Mac Jones? Trent Brown went on injured reserve this week in New England. Right guard Shaq Mason is banged up. They have their swing offensive tackle, uh, Justin Heron, who is also on the injury report but is expected to slide in and fill a gap this week. And they have Isaiah Wynn, their left tackle, who's on the COVID list. So can Dallas pin their ears back and get after Mac Jones, who for the most part uh, is well protected for the rookie uh, who's just asked to manage the game and does a decent job at doing so. Seahawks and Steelers Sunday night football. Russell Wilson misses his first start over the 10-year career. That's crazy to think about, that he, he has not missed a start. He's been knocked out of games, but he's very durable in trying to play. He's out for an extended period of time. Uh, Geno Smith gets his first start since 2017. Uh, Roethlisberger struggles, well-documented, um, with trying to get their offense going. They're at 2-3. and three. I don't... I, can Chris Carson show up and be the bell cow of the Seattle offense? He has not been able to do that. I feel as good about the Steelers as anybody this week, which maybe spells doom and you should go bet on the Seahawks. Carson dealing with a, a neck issue, by the way, too, at running back. Texans-Colts. Colts are 1-4. and four. They allow Lamar Jackson and that, that Ravens offense to rally from behind on Monday Night Football. Um, and here's the Texans who just squandered a lead against New England on the road in the division. Mention that because of the AFC South pairing with the Titans playing the Bills and Jacksonville in London facing Miami where Tua Tagovailoa is expected to return. You want to go with big uh, proclamations after a game, after a not-so-big game? Colts-Texans. If the Texans beat the Colts, are the Texans clearly the second-best team in the AFC South? No, not clearly. After playing New England the way they did, after beating Jacksonville, and then a win over the Colts, not clearly, but are they? I mean, I guess from a record standpoint, they're the second best team in the AFC South, right. but you would not be willing to say they're better than the Colts long term. No. Yeah, me neither. And T.Y. Hilton, it's a. It, I, just, I just wanted to throw that out there so we all could agree. There's potential for T.Y. Hilton to come back. He's, he's practicing this week um after sitting out with the neck injury so far this season if he comes back i think he gives them juice uh, but look they played a lot better i think that game i don't know if you guys agree felt like it was more about baltimore it was really bad by indianapolis to, to collapse on that lead but they're just better than houston uh by by i think a substantial notch and i don't love the colts by any means if they can't take care of that game their problems are way deeper than we think. I have upset picks coming up. Paul's props as well with FanDuel.com. That's all straight ahead. Um, we will also preview the full college football slate with Bobby Carpenter. And we will be hitting, that, that's in an hour, we'll be hitting on a lot of the games that Chad is going to tell us to watch this weekend. Chad Withrow's top games of the college football weekend starts where? 
Let's get after it, boys. Let's get after it. Because Paul is so blinded by the light of my games of the week, we've cut it in half. We've, we've, we've got five and you five. You can still have a seizure. You can have two so seizures. You, not, it's not <laughs> a color seizures. overload for Paul uh, when we look at the graphic. But if you're listening, I'll tell you where we're going to go first. And it's where Outkick the Tailgate is going tomorrow. Athens, Georgia. Kentucky at Georgia. Paul's going to hate this. Because it's currently a 21.5 point point spread. It's not the game of the week. But I also can't go away from the fact that it's the only two unbeaten teams in America's premier conference playing each other. Kentucky and Georgia. If I told you preseason, we'd be here in mid-October and the last two unbeatens would be playing and it would be Kentucky and Georgia, you'd say I'm crazy. You'd also say I'm crazy if I said Kentucky can win this game. And I'm not going to say that because I don't think that they can. But I also thought that Texas A&M had no shot a week ago against Alabama. So crazy things happen. But number 11, Kentucky at number one, Georgia. Number one on my list. 3.30 Eastern time kickoff on CBS for that one. It's a close second because Oklahoma State at Texas, big time game in the Big 12. This is offense versus defense. Texas under Steve Sarkeesian has gotten things rolling. Since they made the change at quarterback and the way they get Bajan Robinson involved in that offense, they have been scoring a ton of points. Oklahoma State, you think Oklahoma State, you think Mike Gundy, you usually think offense. This is a great defensive team. Best defensive team in the Big 12 so far. And Chad, how many times have we seen Gundy go to Austin and win? They do it often. Recent, I mean, as of late, Gundy wins against Texas. Uh, they, this will be the game of the week. Gundy has a propensity to win big games in a big setting and lose games he should not at times at Oklahoma State. Maybe this is Gundy's moment. This is the big noon kickoff on Fox, uh, noon Eastern time, Oklahoma State and Texas. Well, I, I, I think we've talked about Oklahoma State probably as little as any top 25 team in the country this year. What, yeah, have it they is, done anything? It is, it is incredible. Um, but you're right, Paul. I don't think they've been in one of my top 10 games so far uh, uh, this year. Here's what they do. They play great defense. Uh, Again, you think Oklahoma State, typically you think offense. Uh, That is not the case uh, with this team. They they are great defensively. They beat Boise State by a point. I'm looking to see. Well, their big win is Baylor. Yeah, Yeah, and Baylor's 5-1 also, and uh, we may get to Baylor uh, later in this list as well. But, yeah, 24-14 win over Baylor. Uh, Kansas State – Another good win. They beat them 31-20. to 20. Um, Tulsa's a good team. Not a great team. They had a close win over them. I mean, they've won some pretty close games so far to get to this point to be undefeated. But it's clear the buy-in from everyone isn't complete because you're not going to find many Power 5 teams that are undefeated at number 12. Kentucky's undefeated at number 11, one spot ahead of them. This is a big prove-it game for them. They're 5-0 and for the first time since 2015, and they are looking for their third straight win over a ranked opponent. Did Gundy trim the mullet? Yes. I feel like it's, it's, it's still sort of a mullet, but it's not as thick as it was a year ago. The business ago. approach. It's a, it's a business trip, Chad. Maybe, maybe this business approach by Gundy <laughs> is why Oklahoma State's undefeated right now. Who knows? Uh, no business approach from Lane Kiffin. Strike usually. up the band for number three. It's all, it's all fun for Lane Kiffin, and this game should be all fun. Number 13, Ole Miss at Tennessee, my third biggest game of the week. This is another one of those that if I would have said in August, Tennessee's got a good shot at beating Ole Miss, you'd say I'm crazy. And you'd especially say I'm crazy if I said this is the third biggest game of the week. 
not just in the SEC, but in college football uh, in mid-October. And, and that's what it is. Uh, it's going to be an incredible environment in Knoxville, Checker Neyland, the return of Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss is putting up a ton of points. Tennessee's putting up a ton of points. This game features the number one and number two quarterbacks in America in QBR. And, oh, by the way, the guy who's going to be a high first-round draft pick, Matt Corral, as number two. Hendon Hooker, number one in the nation in QBR. Ole Miss is not stopping many people defensively. Tennessee is stopping some people defensively, but they've not seen Ole Miss yet. They have not seen an offense like this. They have not seen a quarterback like this. This has shootout written all over at 7.30 Eastern Time, the, SEC Network. The over-under earlier this week was at 79. It is now at 83.5. We'll hear I've from, got 82.5 on FanDuel right now. We'll hear from the VolQuest guys a little bit later. God, uh, their first prediction I saw from Rob Lewis was Tennessee winning 54-51. to 51. In this game, you going under, huh? So you could have the. I took the under. In that case, you could have the over under at one hundred four and be okay if you went with the over yeah. in that one. So should be a lot of points. This week. should be a lot of fun. It's definitely going to be a good atmosphere in Knoxville. Fourth biggest game of the week. I love this game. Auburn at Arkansas. I got Auburn on the money line. I, I think they're more talented than Arkansas. I think the lack of talent at Arkansas is going to start to show up. At some point, maybe it started to show up in that close loss to Ole Miss. I think Auburn goes in there and wins. I, I think they bounce back better after a loss to Georgia than Arkansas did. And look, Arkansas played well last week, put up a ton of points, lost a close game to at Ole Miss. No shame in that at all. This is gotta this is gonna be a great game. CBS, it's the it's the reverse doubleheader on CBS. You had the two thirty, seven PM doubleheader last week. This week you've got the eleven AM. 2.30 Central Time, doubleheader. I'm looking for that one to be a really good one. Arkansas, oh, excuse me, Auburn at number 17, Arkansas. I want to believe in Arkansas, bouncing back and picking up where they were earlier this season because it's a good story. Well, I think, they, they bounced back against Ole Miss. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the shutout loss to Georgia on national TV with all the hype, they, I mean, they bounced back. Yeah, they, didn't, they win, didn't win, but they put up 51 points. Well, I'm talking about And they back went for the, the win on the final play of the game. Yeah, they rushed uh, 50 times at 6.5 yards a carry. I think over 400 yards in that game rushing. Uh, again, this one I think should be really, really close. Arkansas, I want to say a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. In fact, they are four-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Auburn. My, that's my fourth biggest game of the week. Number five, this is a sneaky game in the ACC. Pittsburgh, at last check, and they still are at FanDuel, they are the Vegas favorite to win the ACC right now, believe it or not. This is a team that has looked really good at times. They have the best offense in America. They went to Knoxville and won. That win looks really good now, the way Tennessee's been playing for Pitt. They also lost to Western Michigan at home in a shootout. But Pitt at Virginia Tech... This is a uh, Pittsburgh is a five point favorite in this game. Kenny Pickett, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, can improve his resume as he gets ready to go into the NFL draft. Virginia Tech always a tough place to play. Virginia Tech, by the way, a little bummed out that they don't have Hendon Hooker on their team. Uh, I know that's been the message board talk is that they let one get away, and Tennessee is finally seeing the other end of it. Of oh, you mean you can take a transfer and they can be a lot better for you than the other way around, where it's usually people leave their program and become better all of a sudden. Uh, Virginia Tech's having a tough time on offense this year. 
I still think it's going to be a really good game. That's a 3.30 Eastern kickoff on ESPN2. Chad mentioning Oklahoma State, Texas, mentioning Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech, but there are other games outside of the SEC to keep an eye on as well tomorrow. We'll dive into that next on OutKick 360. After today's show, we hit the road for Athens, Georgia. Sanford Stadium tomorrow, Georgia hosts Kentucky. You can join OutKick the tailgate. We will be live at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 Central tomorrow morning. Just follow us on social media, the OutKick, at OutKick or at OutKick360 is where you can find the live link to join us tomorrow morning as you get ready for your college games across the country. And you can also, through social media on Twitter right now, follow us at OutKick360. You can join the discussion. Our tailgate topics throughout the show tomorrow will include this poll question. Who's the second best team in the country right now? Georgia, far and away, the elite. Who's number two? Iowa, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Alabama. Not necessarily who's ranked number two. Who would you rank number two in your poll? You can chime in now. Just follow us on Twitter at OutKick360. I wonder... Chad, are you featuring on the rest of the, the weekend slate? Are you featuring any of those teams in our games to watch? I am featuring one of those teams, Hutton, but the team that is the correct answer is not featured. But I do not want to influence our poll results, so I will not tell people where you should be Go voting vote. in that poll. But there's one clear-cut team that should be the second-best team in the country, but I'm not going to tell you who that is. I will tell you, game six through ten of my games of the week for college football. Let's move along to number six on the list, Florida at LSU. Florida, an 11.5-point favorite, 20th ranked team in the country. This is a 12 p.m. Eastern time kick on ESPN. Many people think this is the last stand for Ed Ogeron. A lot of other people think, and probably the majority of Tiger Nation believe it's already over, that there's not much that Ed Ogeron can do. The writing's on the wall. He's not going to be the coach at the conclusion of this season. Florida's an 11.5-point road favorite at LSU. We keep thinking that LSU's talent is eventually going to show up. The problem with that is every week they're losing some big-name guys. Yeah, I feel like every week the storyline is, you know, they they lose Stingley Jr., and then uh, their star receiver's gone, and then a defensive lineman's out for the season. You got uh, someone opting out Basically, that's not opting out. It's a transfer where they're just not going to play anymore for LSU this year. It's becoming a mess. This is looking more and more like Gene Chizik in 2012, two years removed from a 2010 national title with Cam Newton, where the bottom fell out, and that team was miserable. It was like watching a snuff film to watch Gene Chizik coach Auburn the rest of the way. That's not an exaggeration. LSU, with that blowout loss to Kentucky – if they get blown out again, it's the same exact well, thing. Well, it's, it's also their schedule. They're about to go back-to-back weeks on the road against LSU. LSU takes on Ole Miss, and then they will take on Alabama. Bama. Before returning home to face Arkansas. There's a buy, Arkansas. buy in there, right? Well, it, it was, at the yeah, time, it was, it was five straight top 20 teams. It's not, about the, it's not about the buy. It's about the, the, the opponent. Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas. In yeah, that and this is this is in a string of five straight top Kentucky twenty opponents starting last week. Kentucky top twenty, Florida's ranked twentieth, and then it's Ole Miss thirteenth in the country. We know Bama, and then, then it they have their homecoming. With, with and then they have, uh, then they have um, 
Arkansas, they have their homecoming game, then they will face Texas A&M. It, it's it's, it's the miss of a miserable stretch. Quick name to throw out to you guys that, that I read for the LSU coaching search that not many are talking about. Everyone's going to James Franklin or Lane Kiffin, first and foremost, for LSU if that job comes open. Mel Tucker from Michigan State at LSU. Quick thoughts, if that's the case. Uh, based on this year's Michigan State offense, yes. Mel Tucker, defensive-minded. Um, I, I like the fact that he's opened things up at Michigan State. They have 19 plays of 30 yards or more through six games at Michigan I covered State. him in the NFL and was thoroughly unimpressed, and I'm unable to get away get, from to that. To distance yourself from that. He, he's done a good job recruiting in the SEC. Uh, he's in the so running for coach of the year. He's got the SEC ties also. Um, all, they also had a 300-yard passer, 200-yard rusher in Kenneth Walker, and a 200-yard receiver in the same game against Northwestern this past weekend. Fifth time in college football history someone's done that. Anyway, just a name to throw out. Seventh game on my list, the lone Pac-12 entry this week. Number 18, Arizona State at Utah. This is a pick em. This is uh, Pac-12 after dark on ESPN, 10 p.m. kickoff. Arizona State. 10 o'clock, baby. That's That's 10 Eastern. Herm Edwards' Arizona State team, they have a lot of noise about the NCAA investigation where they broke COVID protocols uh, with recruiting, with meetings, a lot of things. Antonio Pierce, uh, their defensive coach, that's former NFL linebacker under fire right now. Doesn't matter for the Sun Devils. They got a lot of talent. They're playing very well. They go to Salt Lake City to take on Utah. That's going to be a good environment, good game there, my seventh game of the week. uh, My eighth-ranked game, a game featuring two teams unranked right now, only probably both these teams actually, a bit of a surprise to not be ranked at this point in the season, but a big game for both coaches. Miami at North Carolina. North Carolina, a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, 330 kickoff on ACC Network. Mac Brown had one of the greatest lines of the college football season where he said, you guys in the media just overranked us. You should probably take some responsibility for here. putting us so high because we're not that good. I'm, uh, so, I'm sorry you've ruined a really good quarterback there. Yeah, the Sam Howell, uh, it's been a disappointing year, to say the least, for North Carolina. Number nine game of the week. We go from North Carolina to NC State. I am never going to be a firm Dave Doran believer because the moment you get excited – about a Dave Doran-coached NC State team, they disappoint you. They've got the win over Clemson. They're a three-point favorite on the road at Boston College. A guy I am a believer in is Jeff Halfley and the job he's done at Boston College. The job he did as defensive coordinator at Ohio State, and now what he's doing at Boston College, great young coach, Love what he had to say to Eli Drinkwicks before they beat yes, Missouri yes. earlier this year. We don't care where we play you. We just want to keep competing and playing games. Our guys are excited to play. 7.30 ACC Network, NC State at Boston College. NC State, uh, 22nd ranked team in the country, a slight three-point favorite in that one. And finally, Hutton, one of the entries in our poll question for a possible second-best team in the country. Oklahoma, 13.5-point favorite, hosting TCU, 7.30 This is the ABC primetime game. This is a big challenge for Oklahoma. I think we saw the very best of Texas for a half last week and the very best of Oklahoma for a half. And what we learned is the very best of those teams, Oklahoma's just slightly better than Texas in winning a close one. The true Oklahoma's somewhere in the middle. They're not as bad as they've shown at times this year. They're also not as great as they were in that second half uh, against Texas. 
What do they show on Saturday night against TCU? How do they come back after an emotionally draining win over their big rival in the Red River shootout? We'll find out uh, Saturday night. And Practices have been closed since we've the student lot, paper. Yeah, we've oh, talked yeah. a lot about the quarterback situation in the NCAA, but uh, if the second-best team in the country not to influence the poll had to pull its quarterback in the middle of a, its big rivalry game, says something about this. Paul, state, I can't think of a, a preseason of Heisman Trophy favorite <laughs> getting pulled for non-injury reasons in the middle of a season. And Caleb Williams now looks like he's the next yeah, right. Heisman Trophy next candidate for Oklahoma. Yeah, the, the good news about Ryland. Oklahoma, who could be the second best team in the country, they just replaced Rattler with a five-star. Yeah. Yep. Keep all that in mind, too. And they have Lincoln Riley coaching him. The Sooners will be just fine. Yep. The show goes on. More college football to discuss. Bobby Carpenter joins us in 20 minutes. And when we come back, the biggest headlines of the day on OutKick 360.